This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050. You people, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. I'm just about that action, boss. Oh, yeah! Happy Friday, Friday the 13th. I'm Andy McNamara. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca on the iHeartRadio app. Whether you're driving up to your cottages right now, whatever the case might be, getting ready for a fun weekend. Got a good show for you today. We're going to dive into the Raptors Kawhi Leonard situation. Is it real? Vegas says yes. And when Las Vegas says something, it usually has some nugget of truth. They are tied, the Raptors are, with the Spurs as the most likely destination next season for Kawhi Leonard. So, we're going to talk to Josh Lewenberg, our TSN 1050 Raptors reporter, about how much he thinks that is a, a reality. Does it make sense? What would the Raptors have to give up to get him, considering he's on a one-year deal? Free to walk, and he has been very open about saying he wants to play with the L.A. Lakers. Now, the argument can be, Paul George said he was going to be a free agent, and OKC spent a year really recruiting him, convincing him this is the spot to be, and he re-upped. Could that be for the Raptors? Does it make sense? Kawhi has become a little bit of a head case. He's a bit injury-prone. What does that mean? We'll go over that with Josh Lewenberg at 11.30. In about 10 minutes, Scott Mitchell, our TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter, We'll be by as we get ready for the All-Star break. Jay's taking on the Red Sox, continuing on uh, after uh, heading into the weekend there. We'll chat about the Toronto Argonauts in action on Saturday. You can catch that game here on TSN 1050, 9 o'clock versus the Edmonton Eskimos. Kickoff is then. Mike Hogan, play-by-play voice of the Argos, will stop by then. A little World Cup chat as well. Hey, it's all all wraps up, folks, right? It all wraps up. On Saturday and Sunday. Final is Sunday, of course, here on TSN 1050. 10 a.m., 11 a.m. is the third place match on Friday. So uh, we'll have some World Cup sound from the TSN panel with you. Also, a little bit of World Cup fantasy talk and advice. Yeah, you can play World Cup fantasy. We'll get into that a little bit later as well. Jay's coming off of that 6 4 loss. And also, because it's Friday the 13th, I want to open the phones now. Producer Herbie Sachs, open the phones, baby. Open them up. We got Friday the 13th superstitions. I want to know your superstitions. Your superstitions. Are you, as a sports fan, as a player, whether it's at work, buying a lotto ticket, whatever, phone numbers, 416-870-1050-416-870-1050-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-888-
stuff like that. And whatever reason, that gets me in the right headspace, and I do it. And, and then I can go on and do the broadcast. That's my little, little tweak of a superstition when it comes to uh, the work side of things. But when I was a kid, as a baseball player, I'd always tap the plate three times, top corner, bottom corner, middle. That was one of my superstitions. Then I was ready for the pitch. What's yours? 416-870-1050-855-591-6876, toll free. As a fan, this is where it gets quite often ridiculous in a good way. Now, I have the unfortunate position of being a fan of, uh, well, up until recently, the the Maple Leafs, who were not very good. And uh, the Cleveland Browns, who, it doesn't matter what I do. I could hop on one foot for the rest of my life, and it wouldn't matter because the Browns would always lose. So I don't, I don't necessarily have too much of a specific superstition when it comes to watching my favorite teams. Like I would have, if, they, if the Browns score a touchdown, I would sit in the same spot. Or if my leg was a certain, I would keep it the same way. And then in the end, it you know, really wouldn't matter because they're 1-31 in the past two seasons. But that's a different story. So we want to hear from you on that. 416-870-1050, toll-free, 855-591-6876. And on Twitter, at AndyMC81, the station at TSN 1050 Radio. Now, our producer, Herbie Sachs. Herbie, you got a couple good ones as a fan superstition. Yeah, I, I got some. Okay, what do you got? So, I will wear a jersey in game one of every playoff series. If the team wins, I will wear that jersey continuously until they lose. And once they lose, it's gone for the rest of the playoffs. So, up until this year, where I wear my Raptor jerseys, I've never worn the same one past game one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that, that doesn't work too well. No, you need a lot of jerseys if you're a Raptor fan. Yeah, exactly. So there's that one. Then there was one you were telling me about standing in the same spot, right? Well, what happened was during that uh, Kansas City Blue Jays game six, I think in 2015, Jose Batista hits a home run. Me and my buddy are standing in a spot, and we decide we're not moving until the game is over. And then it goes into rain delay. Oh, no. And about 25 minutes later, we're like, you know what? Forget it. We sit down. Jays lose. And they lose. They so, lose. If you so what you're telling me is if you would have kept standing, Herbie Sachs, <laughs> the Jays would have won that game. Yeah, my fault. Wow. My fault. You can blame me. They knew it. Yep. They knew it, too. They're like, man, Herbie, Herbie sat down, man. What were we supposed to do? My bad. Sorry, it just, guys. It totally wrecked it. So that's... that's <laughs> A couple of superstitions. Let's go to our uh, Tristan Fitzpatrick, our Sports Center update man. There, Tristan, do you have a superstition as a fan? I do have a superstition as a fan. I always like to wear the jersey of my favorite team for those games, but they keep losing, and every time I, I go up to do it again, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to break the curse. So I'm oh, trying to like reverse right, engineer this, right. and uh, and then they lose again, and I, every every time they lose, I'm like, why did I wear the jersey? They always <laughs> lose when I'm wearing the jersey. Why don't I just not wear the jersey? But then pregame, I'm so confident, I still want to break it every time. You're just like, this is the time, it's a sure thing, exactly. it doesn't, doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I, tr- <laughs> yeah I, I probably think too highly of myself in that way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's Okay, so what's yours? Uh, we'll keep the lines uh, open for a few more minutes, and then we'll come back to it probably uh, 1140-ish as we roll through the guests here. 416-870-1050 uh, is the phone number there, and on Twitter at AndyMC81 at TSN 1050 Radio. Also got Twitter poll up for you. And again, we'll go over this with Josh Lewenberg, but Las Vegas is saying the odds makers, the guys in the know, are saying the Raptors are tied with the Spurs as the most likely destination for Kawhi Leonard. So, the poll question is, who 
would you like to see the Raptors have involved in a trade for Kawhi Leonard? Or maybe who do you think would be included in a trade for Kawhi Leonard? DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi, or nobody, you don't want Kawhi. You don't want Kawhi, forget, don't give up anybody. How would you vote? Rosen, Lowry, Anobi, or nobody at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC 81. This is where it gets interesting to me because if you bring Kawhi Leonard in, the goal has to be that has to be your mini version of a super team. I know it's not at the same level as the Warriors or even the Cavs a couple years ago, but that would be the closest the Raptors would have ever been to really having a third man. Right, like a true stud third man, and maybe you do that. Maybe that's enough to get you over the hump, get past a Boston, get past a, a rising Philly team to get Kawhi Leonard. So this is where it gets tricky because the Spurs are not a stupid organization. They're one of the best in all of professional sports. They're not just going to want a nobody. Now, this depends on the time of year. If you do it now, going into this season, compared to maybe around Christmas or whatever, when they're going to lose Kawhi Leonard for nothing if he stays with them. So, would you give up a DeRozan, a Lowry, an Ananobi, nobody, Jack, JV, throw in somebody else, if you have another name. I don't think it makes much sense to give up DeRozan at all. Because then, what are you doing? Then you're giving away your best player for a guy who could leave after one year. That doesn't make much sense to me. However, 22% of you think it, it is the best move. Kyle Lowry is the next one. This is where I would go. However, you have a point guard on the wrong side of 30 who's done nothing in the playoffs. We value him. What's his value around the league, though? Why would the Spurs want him? OG Ananobi get some youth, right? You get you get those building pieces. Maybe that makes sense. Are the Raptors deep enough to absorb that? What is the player who should be involved? And we're not saying this is a straight up one for one, right? This isn't going to be a one for one deal, but kind of kind of the the centerpiece of the deal. You might do Lowry and uh, picks and throw in a guy for cash, whatever. But the core pieces of the deal will be Kawhi Leonard and player X from the Raptors. At TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter, at AndyMC81. And again, at 1130, we'll get into that with uh, with Josh Lohenberg. This was a rumor that was fluffed off a few days ago. Right? I was on the air last week talking about this. Like, yeah, nah. But that, when Vegas gets in on it, that's when I get my ears perk up. That's when I get interested. On Twitter, at Nick6873699. There are a lot of Nicks on Twitter, apparently. Uh, he says his vote is for JV, OG, Wright, and two first-round picks for Kawhi Leonard. Would you do it? Would you take him for that? Would you make that deal? That is a haul for a guy who could walk away. And, of course, we have to keep in mind the contracts and all that good stuff. We'll get into some more Raptors talk in a few minutes. But let's welcome on our Blue Jays reporter, Scott Mitchell. Scotty, how's it going? Can't complain. I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing well. And uh, we got a, a question going out with it Friday the 13th. Sports superstitions as a player, as a fan, just in life before you do a hit, whatever. Is there is there something you are superstitious as, as an adult or a kid that you have to do to make sure everything's going to be okay? Oh, man. Um, put me on the spot here. Uh, I know. I'm not, a, I'm not a very superstitious guy. I think, uh, I think probably I, I like to... 
You know what? There's probably nothing. There's probably nothing. Get, let me get back to that. Get back to you on that one. Scotty Mitch is so good, he doesn't need superstitions. That's that's going to be the headline on that. I I'm I'm comfortable with that. That's good. That's good. Like Scotty, for me, when I was a kid, I had the, the uh, playing ball. It was I'd have to tap the front of the plate, back of the plate, middle of the plate, and take three practice swings before heading up. That was kind of the that 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 put me in the right spot. And as you can see, it really paid off because I'm on the air talking now. <laughs> So, I was going to say, how'd that work out for Well, you know, good, good enough for an upper-level house league, right? So, you know, it's all good. Uh, so we're Upper-level house league. That's a new one. It's self-created. <laughs> a premier house league player, yeah. Uh, let's, go, let's go to last night. There was, I was really looking forward to this matchup between Hap and Price, kind of the two premier pitchers there. Jays end up falling 6-4. to four, And what we really wanted to try to see is getting ready for the trade deadline, if J-Hap could kind of right the ship, kind of get himself on, on track to, to, to look good. Um, he went three and two-thirds innings, no runs, uh, five, or, or no earned runs, rather, uh, five hits, and then uh, Joe Biagini took over. What do you take away from J-Hap's performance and possible impact when it comes to the trade deadline? Well, the takeaway is that he, he got Boston Red Sox. <laughs> That's yes. a, a very deep lineup and a, and a lineup that, that battles with, with each and every at bat. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, the, the takeaway for anyone who watched that game last night was his, you know, 13 pitch at bat against Mookie Betts that ended up in a, uh, in a grand slam that, that kind of broke things open. So, um, but other than that, when, when you look at, at J-Hop's stuff last night, other than that, that fourth inning, obviously he ended up throwing uh, 46 pitches in that inning, and that kind of did him in. But when you look at, at the stuff that he was throwing and, and the life on the fastball, um, you know, he looked good, and he probably deserved a, a bit of a better fate, you know, when you add in uh, a couple of the defensive miscues that, that really led to that long inning. So, um, you know, you, you're not going to fool these these major league baseball executives, they, they can see that, you know, this guy is just going through a little bit of a tough stretch, not having things go his way. Um, and, you know, a lot of things that have conspired to, to some rough situations and, and rough innings like last night. So, um, but when you look at, at what he's throwing and, and, you know, the, the swings that uh, you know, some, some batters are, are taking um, against him, and you look at, uh, you, you have to, to realize that this guy is the guy who's going to turn it around. Now, the problem for the Blue Jays is when a guy is scuffling like that a little bit, every GM, you know, across baseball that's interested is going to try to, uh, you know, exploit that and get a bit of a bargain. So it just changes your negotiating um, tactics if you're Ross Atkins and in your stance and, and what you're going to be offered if a guy is, you know, lights out right now, probably easier to deal and you don't have to kind of go through that. But, you know, they're going to get a, a nice little package for him, um, you know, just based on, on the way he's pitching and the uh, the pure stuff other than the numbers. And, Scotty, when we look at what where the Jays want to be, and we talked last week about, okay, the, the, the plan from the front office seems to be 2019, get yourself sorted, 2020, get back into the race, get going. So for, for Jay Happ, and it's so tough to to ask because we don't know what team and, and what each team have. But in general, are the Jays looking for like prospects who are near major league ready? Would they take back in guys with some question marks? Like, what are they looking probably to try to get back? Well, you got to you got to look um, towards the pitching side. I mean, mm-hmm. the, that seems to be a, a lot of where the, the July deadline deals tend to go. Um, 
you know, teams are giving up their, their, their top prospects anymore these days. I mean, you see it once in a while when there's a game changer on the market, when, you know, it's a guy like a Rolis Chapman and, and the stars align and, and you're uh, negotiating with a team like the Chicago Cubs, who, you know, obviously at that point we're, we're trying to break a, you know, 100-year World Series drought. And, you know, we're willing to go to um, probably extreme lengths to uh, to make that happen. And so, I, I, you know, other than those few situations where you see a Glaber Torres on the move, uh, that year, uh, a lot of teams are are, are not interested in, in making those moves for rentals. So when you look at it, you look at some of the more volatile prospects, which are pitchers and and lower level, um, you know, lower level kind of flyers. So uh, anyone expecting the Blue Jays to to bring some sort of name brand prospect, um, you know, if there's such a term, um, into the fold for for a J Hap a rental player, um, you know, is probably going to be disappointed. But uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what what kind of area the, the the Blue Jays front office does kind of attack on that because, you know, you could have that, that one, um, you know, close to major league ready guy, or sometimes you can go for two or three lower level guys. And, and, and that's the question that, uh, you know, they're going to answer over these next few weeks is kind of what window do they see being realistic? If, if it's close to major league ready guys, maybe they believe it, it's 2020. Um, you know, if they're, they're looking for lower level guys, um, you know, maybe they, they think that window is going to be more 2021, 2022. But also you're just looking for the best value overall. So, you know, there's a, a lot of ways it can go. And it'll be interesting to see what the, the final kind of packages look like in, in the end over these next couple of weeks for perhaps. In conversation with Scott Mitchell, our TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter on Twitter, at ScottyMitchTSN. Now, Scotty, you got the Vladdy tracker out on tsn.ca coming back. We now know he's going to be heading up to Buffalo when he is healthy to come back. So AAA making that next step. And we talked about it yesterday with Tim Tebow having the uh, success in the the minor league uh, AA All-Star game. The Mets thinking they might bring him up in September. For, For Vladdy Jr., if he's healthy, if we, he doesn't have to hit 400, but if he's doing well in AAA, is there any reason for the Jays not to bring him up for a portion later on in the season? Well, let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves with Vladdy first because he's, he's going to actually uh, start his rehab today. He's slated to play in about 40 minutes in the, in the Gulf Coast League in Florida. So um, no lineup out yet, but uh, that was the plan that the Blue Jays kind of uh, outlined yesterday. And they also said that it's not definite that he's going to AAA when he's uh, you know, 100% ready to, to return. Oh. So that, that will be a little bit of a, uh, you know, waiting game over the, the next week to see what they do. He very well could be in AAA. Um, but, uh, you know, they're going to get him through this rehab process and, and see how that uh, that left knee looks. But um, what, to answer your question, I mean, you know what, I really don't see any, any reason to, to bring him up this year. Uh, you know, the knee injury gave them a little bit of an excuse and also um, backed up that timeline a little bit. And I, I think, you know, if you get him to AAA for a stint, uh, you know, here in the next few weeks and, and into August, and uh, you know, you're you're one step away from the big leagues. But I think that last step is, uh, you know, going to come with a, a lot of uh, kind of business implications. And you know, bringing him up uh, to in September for uh, you know an appearance as a as a September call up, I, I just don't know if that makes sense to start his service clock when uh, you know it's pretty clear that this team isn't going to be in any sort of competitive uh, situation for the final 30 days or so of, of this season. So. Uh, you know, I, I think everyone kind of looks at, at, you know, the end of next April. And that's going to be a frustrating time for, for Blue Jays fans as they watch him likely rake in spring training next year. So, uh, But you have to take in, into consideration all the uh, 
service time, uh, service clock considerations and, and everything like that. And, you know, I think when you look at what the Braves did with Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, last year, um, you know, it was a very similar situation. In August, there was talk of him coming up as a, as a September call-up, and, you know, that never came to fruition, and, and they eventually uh, took what, uh, you know, most people would call the, the smart route and, and kept him down to, to make sure they have, uh, you know, him under control for as long as possible. And I think that's exactly what we're going to see happen with Vladdy unless, uh, this Blue Jays front office decides for some reason that, that having him up here, um, you know, at some point um, later this summer is, is a benefit to him. Um, you know, I, I don't think they would do it as a benefit to the fan base, but if for some reason they think it, it benefits him to be up here in this environment, I think that's the only reason you see it because, uh, you know, all the business considerations are, are pointing toward uh, late next April or early May to, to see him up here uh, probably for good. And, Scotty, that's such a great point that Jays fans, myself included, sometimes overlook the business side, the contract side of it. Because in a down year like this, you want something to look forward to, right? You want to see your new shiny toy and see what, even if it's just for a little peek and, and have some optimism. But you're right. You have to take into that business, uh, into account the business side. So if he is brought up, what does that do to the contract? So that starts the, the clock on his major league service time? Yeah, essentially, you get to keep him for another year up up until twenty twenty five. If if you if you kind of slow this down, so okay. um, you know any sort of um, you know there's a lot of uh, uh, nuances that that come with that as well as far as being a a super two player and and you know adding adding that aspect in where he gets another another arb uh, another turn through arbitration, which obviously bumps that contract even more. So. Essentially, the long and the short of it is you, you keep them down as, as long as you possibly can and, and you get to keep them for, for an extra year. So, um, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, timeline that we're looking at, um, you know, 2019 is not going to be the year that this is a, a you know, a playoff contender. So you obviously want to maximize that value on the back end. And, and yeah, it's definitely, you know, you know, shiny toy syndrome. And, uh, you know, I think people... People look at look at it, and you know, I, I mean, I'm excited to see this guy. I'd love to watch him for the next six weeks as well. But uh, you know, I, I think when you look at uh, just all the implications and, and the way this sport has gone, and and just the way you know the CBA is outlined, because is this a fair um, you know situation for a, a guy who clearly should be making major league dollars and playing in the major leagues at this point? No, it's not. But that's how the system has been written in, and, and that's what we've been talking about for you know the better part of a decade now. When it comes to all these top prospects, so you know I, I think if you're a Blue Jays fan, um, you know you, you're looking for Anthony Alford, Danny Jansen, um, you know maybe Sean Reed Foley, guys like that that uh, you know are, are already succeeding in AAA and and you know of the age that uh, you know it now is the time where you should probably bring them up and give them a cup of coffee and and see what they can do at some point here in the second half but uh yeah the the Vladdy wait is is likely going to be a little bit longer than oh that. sorry fans we got to wait but it's the right move it is the right move if we can take off the we just want to see that shiny toy uh come up and play last one for you here scotty over the weekend it's going to be jay staying in boston we kind of saw that big matchup as we said uh hap versus price stroman goes on sunday um what are we looking at as jay's like is there any storylines you're particularly interested in following over this uh, this series outside of the red sox being so good and just fun to watch from a baseball perspective well, tonight Ryan Brucky makes his four starts, so that's obviously um, you know interesting to to a lot of people that have watched him. I mean, this is a, a kid who uh, 
you know, I was talking to uh, to Scotty Mack about this the other day. This is kind of the first pitcher the Blues Aids have have you know developed internally since uh, Marcus Stroman and and Aaron Sanchez came came through the system. And you know, this guy uh, you know has had an exciting three start run of quality starts to to begin his career. And when you look at what he uh, brings to the table. Uh, that that fastball changeup combination is you know allowing him to succeed. And when you think about uh, you know further development, if that breaking ball, that slider, curveball, um, you know meld that he's got going on, uh, even even the pitching coach Pete Walker doesn't know what to call it yet. But if he he comes along with that breaking ball, um, you know this is uh, could be a, you know an, an exciting uh, kind of mid rotation option that you know, slots in nicely behind, uh, you know, um, Sanchez and, and Stroman if they ended up, you know, end up being long-term pieces as well. So, uh, you know, tough, tough assignment for him, but he's already gone through the Yankees and Astros. So, uh, you know, I think tonight a lot of people will be watching to see if he can uh, keep that going against uh, probably, probably in my mind, the best lineup in baseball. Scotty, always appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the series this weekend. You too, man. Take care. All right. Scott Mitchell, TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter at Scotty Mitch TSN on Twitter, says we got to hold our horses when it comes to seeing Vlad Jr. He's right. I hate to have He's right. But I want to see it this season stinks for the Blue Jays, right? You want that shiny toy. However, long-term, business, controllable contracts, etc., it makes sense. It's just not very fun to hear. Just a game or two? Can't they? I guess not. Oh, well. Sorry, folks. Hey, if he gets up to Buffalo, it's not too far of a drive. We can go see him down there. We will step aside. Bottom of the hour, Josh Lewinberger, TSN 1050 Raptors reporter. Lots to talk about here. Vegas says it's Raptors and Spurs most likely destination for Kawhi Leonard. Could that happen? Should it happen? What do the Raptors have to give up? J. Lou next here on Toronto Today. TSN 1050.ca on the iHeartRadio app. There you go. Raptors. Kawhi Leonard. Does it make sense? Should it happen? Could it happen? You guys are bringing it on Twitter. Lots of trade scenarios from our Twitter poll question of, well, if the Raptors were to get Kawhi Leonard, who should be involved in the deal? Who should be the centerpiece? DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, OG, or nobody? You don't want him. We'll get to some of your tweets a little bit later on. But let's bring in the guy in the know, our TSN 1050 Raptors reporter, Josh Lewenberg. J. Lou, how's it going? Good, Andy Mack. How you doing? I'm, listen, man, when Vegas, when Vegas hits on something and says, <laughs> hey, Raptors, like you, Vegas somehow always knows. And Josh, I'm telling you, hey, our, our Raptors fans, they're throwing out all sorts of trade scenarios. What are you hearing? The likelihood? Why are the Raptors up in this conversation with the Spurs for him to go there next year. Yeah, people are excited. Yeah. When, when Vegas speaks, we listen, right? I guess. But <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I think it's worth noting, Andy, that to this point, there hasn't been one single sourced report firmly connecting the Raptors to Kawhi Leonard. Anything mm. that's out there, anything that we've seen that's out there to this point has been 100% speculation. Uh, identifying Toronto as a potential landing spot that might make sense. And to be fair, it it does make some sense. And that's what makes this so interesting from a Raptors perspective. I think there are a couple of things that are working in their favor. I mean, first of all, they're one of at least three teams out there right now that probably think they're a piece away from really separating themselves in the post-LeBron Eastern Conference. Of course, Toronto, Boston, and Philadelphia being those teams. Now, the biggest name 
that is believed to be available is Kawhi Leonard. So it does stand to reason that all three of those teams would be interested to some degree and have probably checked in on how much it would cost. Now, it sounds like at this point it would cost a lot to get Kawhi. But another thing that really stands out to me is the Spurs don't seem ready or willing to rebuild. If they were, the Raptors wouldn't have a shot at this because Mm. there are teams that could offer better picks and better prospects than the Raptors. But assuming the Spurs want to remain competitive, the Raptors are one of the only teams that could offer them an established all-star in DeMar DeRozan. And and say what you will, think what you will about DeMar DeRozan, but he is just that. He is an established all-star. So that being said, I think any trade or any offer that the Raptors make would have to include DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Hmm. You might say, well, why not Kyle Lowry? But remember, Lowry was a free agent last year. The Spurs had no interest in him, despite the fact that that Kyle, I mean, he's admitted that he actually had interest in San Antonio. Uh, So I can't imagine that that's changed now that he's attached to a a $30 million a year uh, price tag, and he's also now 32 going on uh, 33. Um and in terms of any other pipe dream offer that doesn't include either one of those stars, as I said, if the Spurs wanted to get prospects as much as as highly as I think of uh, OG or DeLon or those guys, they can probably get better prospects with higher ceilings or at least higher perceived ceilings than those guys. So if the Raptors want to make a competitive offer, it would probably have to include DeMar. It would probably have to include a lot more than that at this point, considering how much San Antonio is offering. It's a big risk. As we know, it would be a risk for any team, not just Toronto, based on all of Kawhi's red flags, the injury, maybe the mental state coming off a year in which he basically didn't play, and then the contract situation. He could walk next year. He could go to Lakers. It sounds like that's his preference right now. So it's a risk, but maybe, and I say, I say maybe, the Raptors are more willing to take that risk, or maybe the risk is a little bit more tolerable because their window is so short. For Boston and Philly, it would really be a roll of the dice giving up a guy like Jalen Brown because, one, he's really good already, and two, they've got such a long and bright future ahead of them with all these young players, whereas the Raptors, their window to win is right now, and they're setting themselves up so that uh, they're going to have a lot of space once these contracts are up in a couple summers, summer of 2020 anyways. So even in the worst-case scenario where you trade for Kawhi and he walks, let's say, next summer, all that does really is allows you to pivot or maybe rebuild a year before you were planning to anyways. So it, it might be a risk worth taking if you're the Raptors. So, Josh, when we look at this, though, like in my mind, if you bring in Kawhi Leonard and – it costs you DeMar DeRozan. That, to me, doesn't go about what that intent would would result in if you got Kawhi Leonard of building your version of a super team. Now, it's not to the same level as the Warriors or whatever, but for the Raptors, this would kind of be the closest they could get. So if you give away DeRozan, that kind of is a bit of a wash. Lowry, I could see, but you're right. Like, uh, like we've got tweets in for, okay, give JV, OG, right, and, and first-rounders, uh, 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 throw in Siakam. Like, is there anything... No, San, San Antonio hangs up immediately. <laughs> I was gonna... Immediately. <laughs> They're not... It's, I mean, it's, it's true. <laughs> you don't get past the executive assistant on that. No. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, so for people, and, and yeah, they keep flooding in, Josh, just all these, uh, all these other scenarios. So for San Antonio, a younger p- package of stuff is not of interest. It would have to be 
kind of a, a Demar or Lowry situation. Yeah, like I said, I think if you're if you're San Antonio, you're looking at this and you're saying we can we if we trade Kawhi, there are two paths to take here. One, they could just sort of pivot to a, a different uh, competitive roster and allow themselves to continue to um, contend and compete in the Western Conference, not at a high level, not at a level in which they're going to compete with the Warriors and the Rockets, but similar to last year. I mean, the Spurs were still a good team. They were a playoff team last year, and they didn't have Kawhi. So now you would be uh, subbing something and some kind of asset in for Kawhi in a trade, um, assuming you keep LaMarcus Aldridge and you still have that, that winning roster. They could still be a good team. So that's one path. The other is a rebuild, and that's something that a lot of people think that they should do if they move Kawhi is go younger, look to the future. It doesn't seem like something that they're interested in. Rightly or wrongly, I think they're looking at this window before Greg Popovich retires probably in a couple of years and saying we can still compete. As I said, if they choose the rebuild path, I think they're looking for high-level picks and prospects. The Raptors are still a winning team. So any pick, at least in the next couple of years that they offer, probably won't be very good. Right. You've got Boston, who's always sitting there and lurking with their uh, treasure trove of, of, of assets. They've got a pick, likely from Sacramento next year, that's a whole lot better than any pick the Raptors can offer. And then in terms of prospects, if they are looking for somebody to center a package around, they want a guy with legitimate star potential, or at least perceived star potential. We're very close to this situation here in Toronto, this Raptors situation, and there's a lot to like, again, about what was the best bench in the NBA last year comprised of young players, but right now, at least the perception around the NBA is that all these guys sort of top out at really good rotation players. Mm. That's not to say that OG Ananobi can't become better than that, I mean, yeah, in the craziest scenario that I think a lot of people are hoping for, crossing their fingers for, maybe he does become Kawhi Leonard, but that's still relatively unlikely. I think the the most realistic scenario for a lot of these prospects is that they become very good NBA players. San Antonio, if they're giving up a superstar, as we know, superstars aren't available in the NBA very often. They're giving up Kawhi, even with as little leverage as you might think San Antonio has, they want a guy that could very well become a star. So they're looking at players like Jalen Brown from Boston. That's the asking price there. Brandon Ingram, uh, that's the asking price from the Lakers. And maybe if we wait this out, the Raptors wait this out, San Antonio ends up waiting this out, maybe the asking price comes down as their leverage shrinks as we get closer to training camp and ultimately into camp in the season because, as we know, if he's going anywhere other than the Lakers, the goal for that team that's taking the risk and trading for him is going to be like OKC's goal was with Paul George last year, is to sell him on staying with their franchise. And every day that goes by is one less day that a potential uh, team has to sell Kawhi on their organization. So the leverage is going to shrink here. If this is something that extends into the fall, then the asking price probably comes down. So it's kind of a big game of chicken right now. If the Raptors and, and the Celtics and the Sixers and the Lakers, all these teams, uh, if San Antonio's right to ask for a lot, as I said, uh, Kawhi is, I don't even think it's, you mentioned DeRozan and, and Kawhi being a wash earlier. I, I don't 
think that's a wash if Kawhi is healthy. I think right. Kawhi, when healthy, is one of the best five top five players in the NBA. But the question is, is he healthy? That makes things with with all the question marks and all the uh, variables involved in this. It, it makes it a really tricky call for anyone, I think, to roll the dice on him. Yeah, and Josh, more so to that, it was like, okay, if you get Kawhi and DeMar leaves, you have a superstar, even if it's an elevated one, but I don't think that necessarily puts the Raptors, and we're talking if he is, you know, uh, on on just perfect health-wise and mentally and all that, like, you still need more to really try to take advantage of this window for the Raptors. So that's that's where it's like, okay, well, in a perfect world, you'd want DeRozan with Kawhi Leonard and all that. And uh, to your point... I wonder, as this progresses, and, and we've chatted about this as well, Masai Ujiri might want to just see, under Nick Nurse, what this team does, how it develops through the fall, and if Kawhi has not been dealt, then the, the Spurs might be looking at it as, okay, well, we got to get something, and maybe then the price comes down and the Raptors see it as, okay, it's a shortened recruitment window, but maybe if we got him and he's healthy, he can help us get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, you, you would want him for nothing. You would want him without having to give up an asset, and that's maybe why the Lakers are so reluctant to pull the trigger on anything, because they're thinking in the back of their head, let's wait this out till next summer. Maybe we just get him for free, or or for a lot of money, but without giving up an asset. That was probably their mindset a year ago with Paul George, and it didn't work out. So you, you never know with these kind of things, and that's why I say it's sort of a game of chicken. That's what's holding it up right now is uh, that's just the, the reality of asset management, right? You want as much as possible for as little as possible. But I really do think, I, I'm, I'm super high on Kawhi Leonard. I know it's been a while since we've seen him at full strength, so maybe we forget a little bit how good he, he is, or at least how good he can be. But I really do think, I, I don't agree with you there, I think it does move the needle. Hmm. I think it does. I, I mean, I, I think highly of DeMar DeRozan and the player that he's become. So even for argument's sake, let's say it's a wash offensively. And even that I'm not sure that I fully agree with uh, because Kawhi is, is more of a versatile offensive player in the sense that he's turned himself into a really good, really efficient three-point shooter, uh, can play multiple positions more than, than DeRozan can. So I, I think he's probably a better fit in this Nick Nurse offense than DeRozan is. But then the conversation turns to defense, and that's where it's not even close. Right? Right, it is right. night and day by pretty much every statistical measure as well as, of course, the eye test. DeRozan is one of the worst defensive players in the NBA at his position. Now, he's talked about getting better. Nick Nurse, to his credit, has talked about holding DeRozan more accountable, and certainly that's the next step. If he can turn himself even into an av- a league average defender, uh, then all of a sudden DeRozan becomes an even better player. And as I said earlier, he's already an established all-star. But Kawhi, when healthy, is one of, if not the best defensive players in the NBA. He is a game-changer on that end. So I really think he does move the needle, not just for the Raptors, but for any team. But again, this is all a hypothetical situation in which if he's he is perfect. fully healthy. Yes. Yeah, and we don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing no. is, it's not even just us that does it. Like We're not just saying we don't know. It, it, nobody knows right now. They're being very coy, uh, Kawhi's people in terms of what information they're giving out and to who. Nobody really knows what his mental state is, what his physical status is. And that's scary, and that's why I say that's another thing that's probably holding this up, because if you're Masai Ujiri thinking about maybe trading for Kawhi, or if you're really any team 
thinking about trading for Kawhi? You, you want answers to those questions. You're probably not willing to roll the dice and take such a big risk without some kind of assurance that, one, he's healthy, two, he's ready to go, ready to play, and three, and maybe this is equally as important as anything else, you want to know that he's at least open to considering playing yes. for a, a team that's not named the Los Angeles Lakers next year. And I'm not sure you're rolling the dice, at least at this price, giving up as much as San Antonio is asking, unless you have assurances to probably at least two of those three questions. Boy, it's at least it's a fun storyline in the offseason. Josh, thank you so much. We'll check in uh, next week as, hey, maybe things will start to develop. Thanks so much. All right, Andy. Take care. All right, you too. Josh Lundberg. On Twitter at JLU1050. You guys have been pouring in the tweets. We'll get to those next about Kawhi to the Raptors, trade-wise, what the possibility. Josh just outlined it perfectly there of what it might take and what the Raptors could expect if they get him. We'll talk Argo, CFL still in the show, some World Cup as well. A lot more coming up on Toronto today. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock on this Friday the 13th. What are your Sports superstitions. Tweet me at AndyMC81 at TSN 1050 Radio as a player, as a fan, just in whatever aspect of life. If you go into a big meeting and you do something to get ready, what's your sports superstition? And then, getting a lot of traction on our Twitter poll question at TSN 1050 Radio of what should the Raptors give up in a trade for Kawhi Leonard? What would you want to see the most likely that need to give up? DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, OG, or nobody? Get to some of your tweets in a few minutes. You can keep tweeting in there. Uh, Josh Lundberg was just on. If you missed that, you can. we'll tweet that interview out at TSN 1050 Radio. Josh really did a great job breaking it down, what the Spurs would be expecting at this time of the year. That would change most likely if it was closer to the end of December or whatever before the trade deadline. But as of right now, what it would expect. Now, let's hear from ESPN's The Jump. They were talking about the possibility of Kawhi going to the Raptors. Look, I don't think he would sign an extension there, or at least at the beginning, I don't think he would go into it like that. So they're the proverbial team that what did what, that could do what Oklahoma City did last year with Paul George, which is just say, you know what, this makes sense for us to just gamble and take the risk. Let's do it. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think anything's imminent. I don't think anything's happening right now. But I, I do think they're the they're the team that if you were looking for that eh, that gambling team, that would be the team. Toronto is not a place I'm rolling the dice unless you know for sure through some back channel that he wants to be there long term. It's a hard place to get guys to come to and stay. I'm not doing that. Ramona's right, though. You could say the same thing about Oklahoma City. I mean, Sam Presti is the one who says we never get any meetings. That's why I had to get a free agent this way. It's interesting. The fact that the odds moved on the, I mean, it's offshore betting still. The fact that DeMar cleaned his Instagram page. Nobody's talking. Nobody's saying something. But you know, it's the NBA. Sometimes all that talk just leads to talk. Nothing really comes of it. (laughs) That's ESPN The Jump. Yeah, similar situation to OKC, perhaps. And that's why, if you're going to get Kawhi Leonard, you want to get him as early as possible. Get him in the mix. But that question of his health. We're talking about him as if he's 100% healthy. As if his head is in the right place. Now, if he's telling people, look, I don't care what happens. I'm not open to anything except the Lakers. Put me wherever. I'm going to the Lakers. Doesn't matter. Then you don't give up a whole bunch for him. And you get out of it, because why? But it, it has to be something like a Paul George situation of a recruitment process. Can you keep him? Because to me, again, if you want to make a real shot at a title, real shot, you need Kawhi and DeMar. Now, Kawhi, 
Better overall player, absolutely, when he's healthy than DeMar DeRozan, for sure. But we've seen in the NBA, unless your name is LeBron and you can do it yourself and get to the finals, you need a stacked lineup. The best way the Raptors can get a stacked lineup is with DeMar DeRozan. I would give up Lowry, but the Spurs did not show interest in an aging point guard as they look to maybe towards a rebuild. Lots of ifs. And from what Josh Lundberg was saying, just a slew of uh, high-end bench guys or JV with picks, with the Raptors having a good record, not interested. That's where you have to look at it. I think the plan of attack is if he's still available, come late fall, early winter, then you look to make the move after Masai Ujiri has had a time to assess what this team is like under Nick Nurse. But boy, it's fun to talk about. To get a superstar potentially here, even if it's a rental at the right price with the Spurs, go for it, get him, make a run. But it all comes down to the health, physically and mentally, of Kawhi Leonard. We'll step aside. Top of the hour, Mike Hogan, Toronto Argonauts play-by-play voice as the Argos head to Edmonton. Rematch of the home-and-home to get ready for the Eskimos. That's Saturday night, 9 p.m. kickoff here on TSN 1050 and TSN Television. Um, Some power rankings and CFL fantasy talk with Scott Cullen after that and some World Cup conversation at 1230. A lot more coming up here on Toronto Today.